as we continue learning and equipping ourselves for ministry, healing and deliverance, we do a quick review of the previous Sundays with the book and then consider basis for ministry, healing and deliverance, God's nature, the cross of Jesus Christ, the word and the spirit. This series is compiled into a publication titled Ministering, Healing and Deliverance and is available for free download on the link mentioned here. All right. Everybody got, everybody's got a copy of this, right? Let's turn to page one. I just want to quickly flip through the pages. Um, not going to uh, go through everything in detail, but just to recap, we're going to just flip through the pages and you will uh, see that the things we've covered in the last three Sundays are here for you to read more. Uh, page one, we, we talk about evangelism the way Jesus did it. So Jesus set this standard for us. That when we preach the word, we also minister healing and deliverance. We also expect the Lord uh, to heal people, deliver people. And that's why we are emphasizing uh, this whole area of learning how to minister healing and deliverance. Um, Page 2. We said that healing and deliverance is not in a particular method or a process, but it is in the person of Jesus Christ. Amen? So although, uh, as we study, uh, we will break it down into specific methods and specific things we do. Remember, the power is not in the method, it's in the person of Jesus. Amen? And uh, also, as we study, we have differentiated between physical healing, deliverance, and emotional healing. So these are all in separate chapters. But really, when you minister to people... God doesn't compartmentalize his work that way. Right? So when you're ministering to somebody, you might be ministering emotional healing and they will also experience physical healing. Or you might minister deliverance and at that moment, uh, emotional healing takes place, physical healing takes place. So for the purposes of our learning, we've broken them down into chapters and put it all in, in this fashion. But really when we are ministering to people, God just moves the way he pleases and each situation you'll find is very different. Amen? And the other thing we want to emphasize when we begin is that God wants every one of us to be doing this. Right? Every believer. That's God's heart. He wants each one of us to know how to be his instruments to bring healing to hurting people. And, and, and that's why we're, we're talking about this on, uh, as a church and, and going through it. Chapter 1 Page 4, we are kind of laid a foundation. We talked about page 5, why, why miracles, healings, and deliverance. Why are we talking about this? We outlined eight reasons. I'm just going to uh, skim through this here this morning. Uh, page 6, we said that miracles, healing, and deliverance reveal the reality and the nature of God. Uh, so when people see these things, they understand really who God is and what's his nature. Uh, page 8, number 2, miracles reveal God's greatness. They show how powerful God is. He's greater than the sickness, the disease, the problem that people face. Page 9, number 3, miracles demonstrate God's compassion. So when people are healed, they experience the love of God. Uh, it's a demonstration of God's love for them. Uh, page 10, number 4, miracles have a powerful effect on people, especially those who don't believe. Uh, but when they see the power of God, they, they can't reject it. They can't uh, uh, you know, say that, that's not real. It makes believers out of unbelievers. Um, and several things under that. Page 
15, number 5. Why are we talking about ministering, healing and deliverance? Because of the importance Jesus gave to ministering, healing and deliverance. Jesus spent so much of his time and his ministry in working miracles and healings. Right? So that's the importance Jesus gave uh, to his ministry. Uh, 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 is, is, a, is a reason why we are also emphasizing it. Number six, page 16, the kingdom of God comes with power. So when we introduce the kingdom, it's not a, uh, you know, a, a, a docile, um, just a, a kingdom of uh, words and theory, but it's a kingdom that comes with, with power, with demonstrations of God's power. Um, and, and we represent that kind of a kingdom. Number seven, page 20, um, the gospel is to be preached with accompanying signs. Jesus instructed his disciples. When you go out and preach the gospel, you do it with accompanying signs. Page 22, number 8. Miracles encourage people to believe m- for more of the supernatural. The more you experience it, the more open you are. Uh, and, and the more you want to reach out and experience uh, the power of God at work. Page 23. So the underlying theme is that God desires the supernatural to be released through every believer. And he's made it possible. Uh, The Holy Spirit is given to all believers. Amen? The Holy Spirit is given to all believers, right? Uh, And so all of us can be instruments in the hands of the Holy Spirit. And sonship glory, the glory of God is resident in all believers, page 26. So all of us have the capacity to release the glory of God, which is to express who God is and what he does. We can all walk in power and glory. Page 28, why are we not demonstrating more of God's power? Are some reasons listed here. There's a lack of knowledge. And so we're dealing with some of these things. We're studying together. Uh, there could be wrong teaching concerning the supernatural. Page 29. Page 30, number 3. Sometimes we leave the miracle ministry just for a few people and, and, and think like that God may not be able to use us in it. Uh, number four, we replace the supernatural with modern substitutes. You know, it's so easy to do things that everyone else can do. Um, number five, page 31, we are unwilling to press in till we see more of God's part displayed. So there is a, 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 a pressing in that's required of, of us to see the power of God. There could be other roadblocks to the supernatural. Uh, number six, things like not stepping out in faith or depending on methods and of his presence or discouragement from past failure. And all of us have experienced failure, but failure doesn't discredit what's available there. We just have to present to it. We dealt with some other things here on page 33. Uh, don't demonic powers also demonstrate the supernatural? Of course, the Bible tells us about that. Um, we see several examples in the Bible uh, where uh, uh, magicians and sorcerers and people practicing witchcraft also did lying signs and wonders. But what we said was that the counterfeit does not discredit the genuine. It only accentuates its value. It just tells us how valuable the genuine is. That's why there is a counterfeit. Right? And so we must press in uh, to have more of the genuine and, 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 and see the genuine released uh, amongst us. Um, page 38 is asking for signs wrong. So there are several references here. Uh, from the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, and Luke, and John, uh, where uh, Jesus rebukes a certain group of people, the Pharisees, the Sadducees, they come there, and he rebukes them, saying, you know, and it's an evil and an adulterous generation that seeks for a sign. And so, 
some people take those passages of scripture and say, oh, you should not be after signs. You shouldn't ask God for signs. Now, we've got to put things in context. Who are these people? These were people who came to test Jesus. As you read all these passages of scripture, and we've purposely put all the scripture in so you can just read it there. You'll find that they all came to test Jesus. And when people came with such motive, I want to test him. I want to catch him, find something wrong and hold him and trap him. That's when Jesus said, you're an evil and adulterous generation. But great multitudes came to, for healing. And he didn't chase them away. He ministered healing to all of them. So the point here is that it is people who are trying to test Jesus. And, and it's to them that he says, you, you know, you're looking for a sign is wrong. But for the multitudes who came desiring for healing and miracles, he administered to them. He ministered to them and released his healing power uh, into their lives. Page 42, what about uh, false prophets in sheep's clothing? True. Jesus warned us about it, that there will be many who come uh, uh, in his name and then be uh, uh, doing mighty things in his name. But that doesn't mean that we should not pursue what's genuine. We shouldn't, uh, um, you know, as genuine people, we shouldn't pursue it just because there are false prophets. No, we pursue it on uh, and, and desire for God to work. Page 44, isn't entering into eternal life more important than being healed or delivered? Absolutely, we are not saying no to that. Yes, eternal life is more important. But in, when it comes to ministering, he has told us to minister this way. And one of the ways, very important ways to bring people to eternal life is through the ministry of healing and deliverance. We are not saying uh, uh, that eternal life uh, isn't uh, uh, more important. Page 45. Isn't doing good works more important than doing miraculous works? What we said was for a believer, both are equally important. We are are called to do good works and we are also called to do the miraculous works. Both are equally important for the believer. Page 46, we talk about the ministry of apologetics. Uh, we talk about how Pete, uh, you know, Peter used apology and Paul used apology. Uh, and uh, we concluded, page 48, that the way it's done correctly in the Bible is we both reason and demonstrate. Paul reasoned and demonstrated. Right? It's not one or the other. No. We believe in reasoning. We believe in discussing and understanding. But at the same time, We must demonstrate the power of God. And that's the way Paul ministered. So that brings us to chapter 2, page 54. And this was what we dealt with last Sunday. We talked about the source of sickness, disease and ailments. We talked about man's disobedience. uh, That because of the fall, there's a natural process of decay. Our bodies age. There's wear and tear. Uh, Number 2, we talked about Satan's activity. And a direct involvement of demonic spirits. So some sicknesses and diseases are caused by demonic spirits and you have to deal with that uh, page uh, uh, 56 we also said there are natural causes you know uh, uh, we talked about if you're not eating properly or abusing uh, your body um, yeah the things can happen you know sometimes I'm writing books I spend 14 hours non-stop writing so like last two three weeks it was writing 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 I had to finish this book and it was tiring uh, at the end of it there was a little consequence <laughs> I had to rest. Uh, but sometimes, you know, we push ourselves uh, for a reason. In this case, I was writing this book, trying to finish it all up. Uh, and then, you know, I had to really take a bit of time to rest and recover from that. So th- th- there are things that happen. And we have to monitor, be careful uh, about those things. 
This God sent sickness, page 56. God is not the author of sickness and disease. That's a very important element that we emphasized last Sunday. That should settle in our hearts. God is not the author of sickness. There are other causes for it. We cannot blame God for that. And then he said, what about understanding difficult passages? So on page 56 and 57, uh, I list some of these passages that we have questions about. And uh, we said three things, uh, page 58 and 59. When we want to understand these difficult passages, number one, we must keep in mind that God's best or perfect is revealed in the person of Jesus Christ. He is the right expression of who God is. So yes, there are passages that are very difficult to understand, but the difficult passages must be interpreted in the light of what we see in Jesus Christ. That's the first thing. Second, when we interpret difficult passages, also keep in mind that, number two, page 58, that right now we understand that the world is, has been given over um, to, to the demonic activity and the consequence of the fall. Uh, God's permitted that for a season. And we used the illustration of the landlord and the tenant last week. Where once the tenant moves into the house, what happens inside the house is the tenant's responsibility, not the landlord's. So if the tenant doesn't take care of the house, you can't blame the landlord for it. Right? So that's what's, what's going on right now. But this period will also come to an end. And God will change everything. Um, we said number three, that sometimes some suffer the result of their own sinful or careless actions. And number four, uh, there is also the element of divine judgment. When uh, people disobey God, uh, they step out of God's protection of their lives. They make themselves vulnerable uh, to demonic works and so on. And we addressed that. Last Sunday, we covered the basis for ministering healing and deliverance. On what basis can we minister to people healing and deliverance? We touched on the first two. The first one is God's nature. Who God is. We know that our God is the healer and the deliverer. We know that. So because of who God is, we can reach out to people and say, look, I can pray for you. Because of who he is. It's not who I am, I'm just an instrument. But it's who God is. I know who He is. He is the healer and the deliverer, the nature of God. The second very important thing we emphasized was the cross of Jesus. This is on page 62. The basis for ministering healing and deliverance, the cross. That on the cross, Jesus took our sicknesses and bore our diseases. Because he took sins, took our sins, we can tell any person who wants to be forgiven, who wants to believe in Jesus, we can tell them, see, if you believe in Jesus, your sins will be forgiven. We can do that on the basis of what Jesus finished on the cross. Similarly, because Jesus took our sicknesses and diseases, we can tell people, if they are ready, they're willing, listen, Healing is your portion. You can receive it because Jesus took your sickness and disease on the cross. Um, so we covered that. And uh, page 65, we talked about the blood of Jesus. The blood of Jesus is, our, is the price for our redemption. Jesus went into heaven and gave his own blood 
to declare that we are redeemed. He's redeeming us. Which means the devil has no more claim over our lives. Amen? So that's why the blood of Jesus is so powerful. It's the price for our redemption. So when we proclaim the power of the blood of Jesus, we are announcing to the devil, you've got no more claim over my life. Because the blood has redeemed me from your clutches. You have no more right. So it's very powerful. The blood and the cross is also the basis for our covenant with God. Right? So every time we eat this bread and drink this cup, we are proclaiming the covenant that we have with God. And what we see in Abraham's covenant and in the Mosaic covenant, the old covenant, is that in the covenant, even when God did not spell out healing, healing was still part of the covenant. So he talked about Abraham's covenant. The covenant God made with Abraham. God never told Abraham, Abraham, I'm, as part of my covenant with you, here are the ten things I will give you, and healing is number nine. He never did that. He simply said, Abraham, I'm establishing my covenant with you and with your descendants after you. That was it. And covenant, as far as God is concerned, blood covenant means life for life. The blood represents life. So when you have a blood covenant, you're saying life for life. That means all of me I give to you in exchange for all of you. So when God establishes a blood covenant with you, he's saying all that I am, I'm giving to you. But on the return, all that you are is mine. That's the blood covenant, life for life. So when God established a blood covenant with Abraham in Genesis 15, he didn't have to say, healing is part of my covenant. He just said, I'm establishing my covenant with you and I will fulfill this covenant with your, gener- with your descendants after you. So what do we see? In the 13th chapter of Luke, this is on page 67, hundreds of years later, when Jesus is in the synagogue and here's a woman who's been bent over for 18 years. Ah. Jesus comes and says, Ought not this woman being a daughter of Abraham be loosed from this bond? Satan has bound her for 18 years and today she should be released from this bond. On what basis was he releasing her? Because she is a daughter of Abraham. That means she has a covenant privilege. And it's her covenant right or her covenant privilege to be free from what, this, what the devil is putting on her. Are you with me? But in the covenant God gave to Abraham, he never spelled out healing or deliverance. He didn't say those things. But here Jesus is ministering on the basis of that covenant. He's setting her free. The point I want to make is healing is part of God's covenant to us. Even if he, did, he didn't ha- doesn't have to spell it out. All who he is is available to us through the covenants. Amen? The next thing we see, page 68, is when you, uh, when you look at the blessings of the old covenant, in the old covenant, God, you know, God identifies the blessings and the curses, and as part of the curses are listed all the sickness and disease. 
It's not listed under the blessings. It's part of the old covenant. Mosaic covenant. And the Bible says, as New Testament believers, we are in a far better covenant with God. And therefore, we understand that the blessings of God are on our lives because of the covenant we have with God. We don't need to walk under the curse. We just stay in the covenant that God has for us. And we closed with this, that healing is the children's bread. This is on page 69. Once again, as Jesus was ministering, page 70, top of page 70, as, as he was ministering in Matthew 15 to this Canaanite woman. She was a non-Jewish woman. She was a woman who was outside the covenant. When she comes to Jesus, Jesus says this. He says, I can't take the children's bread and give it to the dogs. Now, it sounds very rough in our English language, but basically what he was saying is, I can't take what belongs to those who are in covenant with God and give it to those who are not in covenant with God. And he said, healing and deliverance there is the children's bread. We are children of the covenant. We are in covenant with God and healing and deliverance is our provision. It's for us. It's the children's bread. And so we must settle it in our hearts. This is for us. As people who are in covenant with God, I have a right to it. It's my privilege that God wants me to have healing and deliverance. Are you with me so far? All right? I encourage you to go and read these things and, and just let it settle in your heart. Now, if these were the only two things we ever had, God's nature and the cross, these two things are enough for us to go and minister healing and this is enough. I know who God is. He's provided for me on the cross. That's it. Let's go. And our healing and deliverance is ours. Let's go and minister. But what we see is that there is so, so much more uh, that strengthens our basis on which we can reach out to minister healing and deliverance. And we will just uh, address a few of them this morning. The third thing we want to talk about is the word of God. God's word itself is a basis for us to minister healing and deliverance. What we must keep in mind is that God works by his words. And God releases his power through his word. His word, the word he speaks. His word is a carrier. His word is a container, if you will, of his power. And, and we see several scriptures here on page 71. Psalm 33 verses 6 and 9. By the word of the Lord the heavens were made and all the hosts of them by the breath of his mouth. Verse 9. For he spoke and it was done. He commanded and it stood fast. So God created everything by his word. His creative power was released through his word. Hebrews 11.3 tells us, By faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God. God's creative power released through his word. Now God's word carries God's healing power. Look at Psalm 107 verse 20. He sent his word and healed them and delivered them from their destructions. He sent his word and healed them. His word carries his healing power. In Proverbs 4, 20 to 22, it says, My son, give attention to my words, incline your ear to my sayings. Do not let them depart from your eyes. Keep them in the midst of your heart. For they are life to those who find them and health to all 
their flesh. He's saying, my word, pay attention to my word. My word is life to those who find them and healing, health, medicine, cure, remedy to their entire body. So put your hand on your chest and say this with me. God's word is healing to my whole body. Say it again. God's word is healing to my whole body. See, that's what God said. He said, my son, my daughter, pay attention to my word. Why? It is life to those who find them and health to their whole body. Their their entire body. It's healing or health to their whole body. So that's how Tina was standing up and testifying. She took up the challenge. Okay, let me put that to work. Do you believe God's word is healing to your whole body? Yeah, he said it. My word is healing to your whole body. So that word carries healing power. It's like medicine. Now, I don't know of too many medicines that you just take one, you know. Maybe now a slight headache or you take one cross or whatever. But anyway, but usually, you know, medicines, you may have to take them for a course, you know, like five days, three days, whatever. So sometimes, you know, you read one scripture, ah, pastor said, God's word is medicine, I'll read one verse, nothing happened, so it's not true. No. Sometimes, you need to take a course of, med, of, uh, of God's word into your body. That means you keep meditating in it. Right? I don't know, maybe a poor example, but keep meditating in it. Don't just read it once and say, ah, oh, it didn't work. No. Even as we, you know, we, we understand that we need to uh, repeat something several times and let that affect us. Right? So God's word is medicine, it's healing, it's health to our whole body. Uh, on page 72, there are two scriptures there. First Thessalonians 2.13 Paul writes, he says, but you Thessalonians, when you heard, received the word of God, you received it not as the word of men, but as it is in truth, the word of God, which effectually works in you who believe. The word effectually, that means with a lot of energy, it works in those who believe. So in whom does the word work? In those who believe. That means the energy, the power in the word is released in those who believe. He, he tells the Thessalonians, you received it as the word from God. Not as a word from man. So he's saying, don't read your Bible like the way you read your newspaper. Don't receive it as a word of man. Receive it as it is the word of God. It effectually works in those who believe. So the word works. But we have to believe that word. In Hebrews chapter 4 verse 1 and 2. It's a, he, the writer of Hebrews says, For the gospel preached unto us was also preached unto them. But the word that was preached to them did not profit them, 
not being mixed with faith in those who heard it. So the word preached, it didn't benefit them at all. Why? It was not mixed with faith. So, what does it teach us? God's word can bring healing to me, but I must believe, I must have faith in that word, and faith unlocks that resident healing power that's in the word. And sometimes, it may take a little bit of time. You may need to read it over and over again. You need to meditate in it and, and let it sink into your spirit. It may take some time, but it's okay. Because when your spirit comes to a place where you say, I believe this word, you will unlock the power of that word to you. It will be healing or health to your whole body. Amen? So, in receiving healing or ministering healing, sometimes what we need to do is to speak the word of God to people. Right? We tell them the promise of God. This is what God's word says concerning healing. You minister the word because the word itself is a carrier of God's healing power. So you minister the word to them. Speak to them the promise of God concerning healing. And that itself will bring God's healing power into their lives. You see, for example, on the bottom of page 72, Acts 14, 8 through 10, when Paul was in a certain place called Lystra, uh, he was preaching. And there was a lame man who was crippled from the time he was born. He was listening to Paul preaching. And somehow listening to Paul preach built faith in his heart. And the Bible says there, Paul perceived that he had faith to be healed. And so he told him, stand on your feet. But how did that man get faith to be healed? He heard the words preached. He heard the word that was preached. And something ignited inside of him saying, yes, I can be healed, I can be well. And so Paul said, stand up on your feet. And he was healed. Right? So the ministry, when you want to minister healing and deliverance, sometimes you just minister the word. The word builds faith there. And the word, the power of that word is released to bring healing into the lives of people. Amen. Now, here's the interesting thing. On page 73, in God's word, there is the promise of renewed strength and longevity. Thank God for these promises. Let's run through some of them. Exodus 23, 25, 26, God says, I will fulfill the number of your days. Deuteronomy 33, 25, as your days are, so will your strength be. Page 74, Psalm 103, verse 5, he satisfies your mouth with good things. Your youth is renewed like the eagles. Job 33, in, in, in the context of redemption, he says, your flesh will be young like a child. You will return to the days of your youth. Job 5, he says, you will come to your grave at a full age. Psalm 91, with long life, I will satisfy him and show him my salvation. Uh, Psalm 92, they will bring forth fruit in their old age, and so on. So, there are several scriptures where God says, look, the number of your days I will fulfill. You will live out the full length of your life. Uh, with long life, I will satisfy you. And I will renew your youth like the eagles. So the promise 
of renewed strength and longevity is in the word. Now, you and I can just leave it in the Bible, let it remain there, or you and I can mix faith with it and say, God, I want to have it. Are you with me? I heard Reynard Bonke say once, he said, he said this, he said, I believe God designed our bodies to, with proper care and nourishment to last an entire lifetime so that we can finish the work God has for us. Right? So we have our part, proper care and nourishment, take care of our bodies, but your body has been designed to last a lifetime. Once you're done with your work, you check out. Say, <laughs> so I don't need it anymore. I've done what I need to do. I'm going to my eternal home. <laughs> but while you're on earth, while you've got things to do, your body's been designed to last a lifetime. Right? So I want to challenge you to have that kind of faith. Saying my body will last a lifetime with health and strength so that I can finish what God wants me to finish. My responsibility, I got to take care of it. Yes. But my body is designed to last a lifetime. I will live out the full length of my life. And then go home. Amen? It's there in the word. It's for us to believe and receive. So, the, another, the basis to minister healing is the power of God's word. I believe God's healing power is in his word. As I release that word to people, I believe that healing will take place when they mix faith with it when, and, 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 and believe it and receive it. Healing will take place because healing power is in his words. Let's look at one more and then we will stop. The base of ministering healing and deliverance, the power of the Holy Spirit, page 74, the Spirit's power. The Holy Spirit, the anointing of the Holy Spirit brings healing and brings deliverance. Uh, you see, as Jesus began his ministry, he announced, he said, the Spirit of God is on me. And what will I do with that? He said, I'll heal the brokenhearted. I'll, I'll bring uh, sight to the blind. I'll set the captives free. Uh, those who are oppressed, I will liberate them. And even as he was teaching in Luke 5, 17, this is on page 75, as he was teaching, it says, the power of the Lord was present to heal. So that's the healing anointing, the presence of the Holy Spirit to bring healing. So when we minister, uh, we depend on the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, you heal. You touch people. Uh, you do things. Um, several other scriptures, they talk about this. In Acts 10, 38, God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and power. And he read about doing good and healing all who are oppressed of the devil. So how did he heal them? Because he was anointed by the Spirit. The, uh, on page 76, we see several examples of people touching Jesus. The multitudes went to touch him. And it says, he, virtue or healing power went out of him and healed them. Uh, uh, Luke 6.19, the whole multitude sought to touch him. For power went out from him and healed them all. It's his, the healing power, the power of the Holy Spirit went out of him and brought healing to people. Now, here's the thing you and I must keep in mind. That Jesus said that we too will receive the same Holy Spirit. He didn't say, you know, I'll send you the Holy Spirit's younger brother. 
He didn't say that. He said, I will send you the same Holy Spirit. You will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. So you and I need to be convinced and just believe that the same Holy Spirit who flowed through Jesus is upon you and me and will flow through you and me. See some of these promises he gave in, it's on page 77, Luke 24, 49. I send the promise of my Father upon you, but wait in Jerusalem until you are clothed and endued with power from on high. The promise of my Father, talking about the Holy Spirit. Acts 1, 8. You will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And you'll be my witnesses. Right? So, we are anointed to minister just like Jesus. And on page 77, the bottom of page 77, the Holy Spirit is also the giver of life. Page 78, Romans 8, 11. The Spirit of Him who raised up Jesus, if the Spirit of Him who raised up Jesus dwells in you, then He will quicken your mortal body, that means give life to your mortal body, by His Spirit who lives in you. So what does the Bible say? He gives life, he quickens your mortal body by his spirit who lives in you. So it's not talking about, the, about the de- uh, being dead in the grave. While you're alive, his Holy Spirit is living in you. What's he doing? He quickens your mortal body. Right? Put your hand on your chest and say this with me. The Holy Spirit gives life to my body. As he lives in me. Every cell in my body. Receives life. From the Holy Spirit. That's what the Bible says. Right? Actually if you study the whole context. I just put one verse there. But you look at verse 10 of Romans 8. Paul says the body is dead because of sin. Meaning you know sin is at work. It's bringing death to the body. But then he says, but God's got an answer. Then he writes verse 11. If the spirit who raised up Jesus from the dead dwells in you, then God quickens your mortal body. You know? So what he, if you read the whole context, it's beautiful. Saying, look, sin is bringing death to my body, but God's got an answer. The Holy Spirit in me is quickening my mortal body. It's undoing what sin is doing to my body. He quickens my mortal body. He gives life to my mortal body. So the Holy Spirit on me empowers us, Holy Spirit on us empowers us to minister to others, that the power of God will flow through us to bring healing, and He also dwells in us to quicken our mortal body. So you believe God for that. Holy Spirit, you quicken every part of me, every cell in my body, every organ in my body, you give life. You keep it alive and strong so that I can finish my course and then go home. Amen? The Holy Spirit dwelling in me gives life to my mortal body. Amen? We're going to stop here. Uh, There's been overdose of... (laughs) But I want to encourage you to read ahead. Right? Throughout this book, we answer different questions. And you're welcome to jump there. The reason we have such an elaborate five-page table of contents is for quick reference. So you have a question, you can look at it and go straight to that page. Find your answer. Uh, I'll encourage you to read ahead. 
and there's no harm. So man, you know, before I come Sunday morning, they already know what I'm going to preach. <laughs> That's okay. It's good if you read it because then on Sunday morning it's reinforced. So you hear it, hear it two times, three times. It, it, it really settles in your heart. So I encourage you to read ahead, study it. Let's soak this in so that we will be a people that God can use to bring healing and deliverance. God wants this back in his church. And uh, we need to pull out a lot of things to accommodate the right things that God wants. And, and as we go through this, I'm sure that will happen. Uh, God will deal with different things in our hearts, get rid of it so that he can put the right things in and, 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 and build us up as a people that can actually walk in these things. Amen? Let's stand to our feet. And we've heard God's word this morning. He's our healer. And uh, his word carries his healing power. His Holy Spirit in us quickens our mortal body. He gives life to our body. So I want us just to mix faith with what we've heard. And if there's anyone here this morning that you need God's touch of healing in your body, I want you to mix faith with it and say, God, this is for me. I want to receive. And release your faith. You may have done it in the past and that's good. There's nothing wrong in doing it again and again saying, God, I'm standing here and I receive my healing for my body. And just let faith just engage between you and the Lord and just receive right this morning. In these few moments before we close, you engage with God. And I believe that God will be faithful to his word. God watches over his word. God watches over his word. The Holy Spirit is here. The healing anointing is here. And just by faith, you receive. You engage with God right now. And Father, no matter what the sickness, no matter what the disease, even as we look to you,
Thank you, God. Loving Holy Spirit. I just ask that as you move in this place, let your healing just flow in every person here who needs your touch. For God, be it physical healing or emotional healing or just strength in their soul and their mind. Let your healing flow. Let your strength flow. Let your healing take place. And God, we just thank you for doing this. We just thank you for doing this. And we honor you for watching over your words and confirming it in the lives of your people. We thank you. Thank you. And we praise you and we honor you. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. And lift up his countenance on you. And give you his peace. In Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you all. Have a great Sunday. Enjoy the rest of the day. See you again. God bless. We trust that this message was a blessing to you. We'd love to hear from you. You can email us at contact at apcwo.org. Also visit our website www.apcwo.org for additional resources. Thank you for listening and God bless you.